Hello, my name is Michael, and you're listening to Forever Sound Version, a video game music podcast. friends and welcome to episode 32 of forever sound version the track we just heard was title from nova 9 the return of gear draxon released in 1991 for dos the composer was christopher stevens ah dos we're going to be checking out some music from pc games in this episode played through the roland mt32 sound hardware the reason I'm covering this particular piece of technology is because its sound really takes me back to when I first started playing around with PCs. Before I had the internet at home, I would spend hours running bits and pieces of random software from cover discs of PC magazines and collecting little games and MIDI files on my machine's one gigabyte hard drive. The MT32, MT standing for Multitambre, came out in 1987 so before the general MIDI standard materialised, and as such it has a different set of instrument voices. It uses a kind of synthesis called linear arithmetic synthesis, where a very short sample is used for a sound's attack, and the subsequent sustain is produced by subtractive synthesis, which is a fairly generic mode of synthesis that sees tones generated by oscillators subjected to filtering processes. The module has a preset library of 128 synth and 30 rhythm sounds, along with a digital reverb effect, making it a pretty versatile piece of kit for playing back non-Redbook audio music. As well as working with PCs, the MT32 went on to be compatible with titles for platforms including the Atari ST, Amiga, MSX, PC98 and X68000. This episode is just going to be covering MT32 music from DOS titles though. The MT32 was considered to be the top dog of its time in terms of sound quality, and this was reflected by its high price. Only the serious and or rich users would have contemplated picking one of these things up. Nevertheless, the games company Sierra Online thought enough of it to start distributing it along with their games, as they could see it was capable of providing some very sophisticated VGM. As the 90s unfolded, the general MIDI standard ensured the demise of the MT32, and really, a lot of general MIDI game music doesn't sound a million miles away from what the MT32 can produce, but I still believe that the MT32 warrants some attention. Think of it as a trailblazer. 
let's get into some more music. It's time to build those power stations and raise those taxes as we hitch a ride to SimCity 2000, released in 1993. Has anyone not played this game before? Surely this one's universal. A true classic city-building simulation game, and one with an endlessly charming set of tunes, courtesy of composer Sue Casper. We're about to hear Dancing Megalopolis credits and Work 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 from SimCity 2000. Dancing Megalopolis, Credits, and Work 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 from SimCity 2000. Publisher and developer Maxis were all about their simulation games, with titles such as 1991's Sim Ant, an ant colony management simulator, yes, really, 1996's Sim Park, a park management simulator, and, of course, the legendary series The Sims. If it's PC-oriented nostalgia I'm looking for though, I'll always go back to SimCity 2000 and its outrageously cheesy soundtrack. The pieces we heard could easily feature in a daytime TV auction program or a light-hearted talk show. Fake sacks all over the place. Things are about to get a little bit grittier now as we check out Waxworks, a DOS version of an Amiga game released in 1992. Waxworks is a first-person dungeon crawler that is played across a number of settings, including Ancient Egypt, Medieval Transylvania, and Victorian England. 
Accordingly, the soundtrack offers a fair bit of variety, comprising several different kinds of melodic material across its 28 tracks. We're about to hear Egypt Theme and Vladimir Battle, composed by Jez Woodruff for Waxworks, playing through the Roland MT32 sound module. Egypt theme and Vladimir battle from Waxworks there. Some very intense brooding melodies in Egypt theme, and Vladimir battle cranks up the tempo to deliver a textbook boss theme. The MT32's drum sounds are working overtime here, and I think the emulation of a drum kit works really well, particularly on the tom rolls. Composer Jez Woodroff, aka Gerald Woodroff, was a part of a family outfit that was developer Horrorsoft, along with Mike Woodruff and Simon Woodruff. Jez is a very interesting one, as he has some quite formidable musical credentials. He was a member of a few bands including Bell Stars, Perusha, Sally Hope and the Geezer Butler Band. If the name Geezer Butler sounds familiar, it's because he was the bassist in Black Sabbath. Jez Woodruff also contributed to the Sabbath albums Sabotage and Technical Ecstasy. Technical Ecstasy isn't thought of as one of their better records, but I do really like the track You Can't Change Me. 
He even performed live with the band, albeit offstage out of the audience's sight. Other acts that Woodroff worked for include former Led Zeppelin singer Robert Plant, wow, and Phil Collins, not so wow, in my book at least. But I'm really happy that I did a little bit more digging for information on this guy. VGM composer and unofficial member of Black Sabbath. You've got to like that. Moving on now, and it's time for Firehawk Thexter, The Second Contact. Originally released for the Japan-oriented MSX and PC-88 systems by the developer and publisher Game Arts in 1989, with a DOS version following in 1990 courtesy of Sierra Online. This game is a sort of 2D platforming shooter that allows for your character to transform into a little spaceship type thing to negotiate some of the game's tighter spots. It's something of a rare title from what I can tell, which is a shame because I think its soundtrack is pretty solid, particularly through the Roland MT-32. We're about to hear Mission 1 and Mission 7, composed by Hiromi Oba and Masahiko Yoshimura, and adapted for the MT-32 by Rob Atasalp.
Ah, yes. Japanese-style VGM of the late 80s and early 90s. Sometimes nothing else will do. That was Mission 1 and Mission 7 from Firehawk Thexter the Second Contact, played on the Roland MT32 hardware. Again, we're hearing just how strong the MT32 is in the rhythm department. These tight and deft drum parts played on the fairly decent sounding synthesized drum kit remind me of the more dynamic moments of Nobuo Uematsu's soundtracks for Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII. Elsewhere on the tracks, we're getting soaring, urgent synth lead lines. I'm thinking Noriyuki Iwadari, locked in a full 90s shoot-em-up mode. Alright, how about another simulation game? We've already had SimCity 2000, but surely we can make some room for another one. Of course we can. Transport Tycoon Deluxe. Fantastic name there. A DOS game from 1995, published by Microprose. This one picked up some pretty decent reviews, as critics enjoyed its mechanics that allowed the player to run a network of buses, trains and ships. Its soundtrack, composed by John Broomhall, is a deeply funky collection. So deep, in fact, that it comes out smelling rather a lot like cheese. So cheesy. Have a listen for yourself, though. We're about to hear Cruise Control and Funk Central from Transport Tycoon Deluxe.
Control and Funk Central from Transport Tycoon Deluxe. Wow. Non-UK listeners probably won't have the faintest idea of what I mean by this, but this pair of jams takes me right back to the days of CFAX, the BBC's television text service. If you tuned into a BBC TV channel early enough on a morning, you'd be treated to some CFAX pages coupled with some very cheesy smooth jazz. How cheesy? Gorgonzola, Blue Stilton, you get the idea. Exploring the Transport Tycoon Deluxe soundtrack prompted me to check to see if any examples of CFAX music were floating around online, and sure enough, there are many, many examples to be found on YouTube. Just head over to the YouTube channel Music from CFAX and you'll find entire albums of the stuff. Beautiful. Up next, Ultima Underground, The Stygian Abyss, released in 1992. Here's another game that went down well with critics, an early 3D fantasy RPG that, judging by the screenshots that I've seen, has a serious amount of depth to it. For instance, in order to develop your character's skills, you're required to chant special mantras by typing them into the game's interface. Should I go on a serious DOSBox kick at some point, this title will be very firmly on my list of games to try. Music is handled by David Govett and George Alistair Sanger. We're about to hear Introduction and Combat from Ultima Underworld The Stygian Abyss.
Introduction and combat from Ultimate Underworld, the Stygian Abyss there. This MT32 approximation of a fantasy orchestral score really hits the spot for me. It's not a style of VGM I'm normally attracted to, but the composers do a great job of balancing the voices, working some harmonic magic, and introducing some profound dynamics. Okay, we're almost done here. I hope you've enjoyed this focus on soundtracks for DOS games played through the Roland MT32 module. Maybe I'll do a general MIDI PC games episode sometime. There's a ton of that sort of VGM out there after all. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email me at foreversoundversion at gmail.com. You can like this podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash foreversoundversion. And you can follow me on Twitter. The handle is fsvpodcast. So swing by and say hello. To play us out, I might just be saving the best till last. Here's Wolfgang Ritter from the DOS game Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Fathers, released in 1993. The composer is Robert Holmes. It feels like an appropriate closing track to me, since it sounds a little bit like the ending credits music for a spooky 90s cartoon, or something like that. Check out the eerie choral voices playing underneath the lead voice towards the end. Turns out the MT32 can sing almost literally as well as figuratively. Thanks a lot for listening, all the best for now.